It's episode number three of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show, and I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. This show is designed to empower women to find their own expression of the keto diet to maximize their health and happiness. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hello to all my female friends out there. Hope you're doing well. We're back with episode number three. So much has happened since this podcast really came to life last Friday. So it's been one week since we've been officially on air as a podcast. And I started out having two episodes and it basically exploded. And I'm so incredibly grateful and happy and I feel like it's a dream. I can't believe how needed this podcast was. You know, it was definitely just a thought that I had for a few months really and I'm kind of one of those people that when I have an idea, I really just kind of roll with it. I just see what happens and This was something that I had thought about and considered doing, and I asked a few of my friends in my circle if they thought it would be a good idea, and I got really good response, but I was still a little hesitant just because there's a lot of podcasts out there already. You know, there's tons of podcasts we can listen to. I know we're all already swarmed with podcasts in our queue, and so I didn't know if there would be room for another one, but I think having this very specific topic for a very specific part of the population is really what is working. So thank you all so much for tuning in to the first few episodes. And then now we're moving on to episode three and just keeping it going. Let's just keep it going and talk about us ladies. Today we're talking about hormones uh, and let's go through all of those hormones that we have and all of those things that make us different from men and see how that goes and see how keto can affect them, you know, maybe some negatively if we don't do keto the way that our body wants us to do keto, and maybe some positively. There's a lot of positive things that can happen when we introduce a keto diet for our hormones. So I just really want to go through the nitty gritty of all of those hormones. So we're going to get into that. But first, let's chat. Let's go through some things and just hear about how the week has gone. So like I said, podcast came out one week ago, and my good friend Jimmy Moore, who probably most of you have at least heard of but probably know and listen to his Keto Talk podcast and maybe the Live and Be the Low Carb show, he has a lot of podcasts. He's just been doing this for years, and that's he's just the master of podcasting. Um, He got word that I had started this Keto for Women podcast and put it all over social media, his gigantic Facebook group that he has, and over on Instagram too. And that really, I mean, when he put it out, he had just really seen it because of the iTunes charts. And it had registered at number 22 in health and nutrition uh, on the iTunes charts. And then as soon as he put that word out there, we were number one. We went to number one, all these women coming to find the Keto for Women show. So, so cool. And it bumped it to number one in fitness and nutrition. It was number one in all health for a period of time there. And like number in the 20s, I want to say number 25 or something in all podcasts in all the land. And that's just crazy to me. That is absolutely nuts. I'm not really someone that looks at the charts. Honestly, if Jimmy hadn't done that for me, I would have just probably never looked and never seen how it was doing. It's just, you know, I want to reach so many people. And and that's my goal with this podcast is just to get more information into women's hands who either want to do keto, have tried keto and didn't like it, or it didn't work, or are currently doing keto, maybe not getting all the benefits from it. So That's my goal, but I never think to look at charts. (laughs) I never go on to iTunes and and see what's going on there. So that I would have never known. And Jimmy really put it out there, uh, put it out into the world. And we got number one. I was at number one for 
several days and now still it's been a week and I'm still sitting at number four, which is crazy. I've been in the top five this entire time and it's just, you guys are amazing. Thank you so, so much. Uh, it's just so cool. It feels like, a, you know, it's just kind of one of those little dreams that you have someday to make it into any sort of chart, right? <laughs> no matter what chart we have in our lives, let's just get up there and see how we can do. So it happened and I'm so grateful and I hope you enjoy it. I hope you continue listening. So that's one thing. Now, like I said, it's been a week and really what I wanted as soon as I knew I was doing this podcast, my biggest goal was just to get it out as soon as possible because it you know, you probably understand. If you're like me, you make a decision to do something and put something out into the world and then you're like, let's do it. I need it to be right now. So I really just recorded those two episodes, got it onto iTunes, but now I have a lot of other behind the scenes stuff to do. So just basically I'm asking, just bear with me. I am going to have a website for it that will contain more show notes, more things. I may even do transcription if that's something that you guys really, really want. I can do transcriptions of the episodes. I'm still kind of working out that kind of stuff. So just give me a little bit. There will be a a website and I'll announce that as soon as it's ready. Um, I do also have a hashtag that I'm using. It's just keto for women. I don't think I'm the only person using it, but there's not all that many people who are. So if you guys want to start using it and just really getting on this whole tribe of keto for women, let's do it. Let's all use the hashtag. I use it when I'm basically talking anything keto, when I'm showing the food that I eat. Uh, I like to take pictures of my plates just to give other women ideas of what their plates can look like if they're doing keto and kind of getting stuck in a rut. So you can find me over on Instagram at Sean Minor Health. And then you can also find me by just looking at that keto for women hashtag. Search that. You'll see a bunch of my food and you can check me over there. And you guys should do it too. I'd love to see what you guys are eating as keto women and, and how it's going and any other thoughts you have, we can kind of use that hashtag to stay together as one big, awesome, lovely group. A few more things. Based on my request to get questions and recommendations for shows and possible guests and all of those things I was requesting in the past few weeks, I now have lots of awesome ideas. It's so great. You guys have been so good about getting back to me and asking for what you want. And now I know how we want the direction of this podcast to go. So thank you so, so much. I did change and I now have a specific email address just for this show, just so that I can keep my client email separate from my my podcast emails. So that new email address is info at ketoforwomenshow.com. Okay, so info at ketoforwomenshow.com. That's where you can go. If you have a question you would like me to answer, we have some really awesome questions coming in. If you have a guest you would like to hear on this show, let me know and I'm happy to reach out to them. Or if you think that you have a really good story about real life keto and how we as women are making it work in the real world and, and not just from experts, but from those of us who have tried different paths and had successes and then had failures and all of that stuff. I want to hear from you guys too, because I think those will make some really great episodes. Info at Keto for Women Show if you have any of those you want to submit. If you've enjoyed the podcast so far, please head over and leave a review on iTunes. I've gotten some absolutely incredible ones so far. You guys are, every time I go onto iTunes, I have tears in my eyes because you guys are so absolutely sweet. And just to hear that you are loving what I'm putting out, you don't even understand how much that makes my day. Like I said, I'm not really someone that even thinks to look at the charts, but getting feedback, I love it. That's what I live for. And it just makes my heart so full and like I said, brings happy tears to my eyes. So if you do have a review, if you'd like to share what you think of the show, please do it over on iTunes. I would absolutely love that. I read every single one and I love you all for it. So thank you so, so much. Okay, I think that brings us up to speed. Oh, one more thing. I was the guest co-host on the Keto Talk podcast yesterday. If you're listening to this when it comes out, it was 
episode number 73. It aired on June 29th. So I was the guest co-host while the doc was away. If that you're someone that listens to that show, then you know that the doc is absolutely amazing. And I had some really big shoes to fill, but we had a great time, Jimmy and I, answering questions coming from their female base and some of these questions about thyroid and adrenals and weight gain and weight loss and all of those things that we'll be definitely addressing here probably multiple times on Keto for Women. But I also did it over there, and it was a really great conversation. So head over there and listen if you don't already subscribe. And that podcast is absolutely just amazing. You will get so much awesome information about keto in general, and then we can kind of clear it up and maybe take a few steps back in a more basic level over on this podcast too to really uh, get what they're saying over there. But we'll do that over here too in a more female simple based because that's how I roll. Okay, last thing, and I promise we're going to talk a lot about hormones. Last thing, I know I've mentioned several times about the Fat Burning Female Project. It's the six-week course that I designed for women only to get you into a state of ketosis safely and effectively. We go through the steps of gradually changing your macros, making sure you're eating enough food to heal your body which is so important, making sure you're getting enough fats, making sure you're eating real food. We have a really awesome private Facebook group that is just the most supportive and fun thing ever. I'm in there pretty much all day. (laughs) So you can get access to me and answer questions while you're going through keto, keto. Other women who have done it in the past, people that are doing it with you. So we have this group of women all doing it together. And so when you have days where you're going through keto flu, probably there's someone that is as well and you can kind of talk it out. But That is starting soon. So we have the next round of the Fat Burning Female Project happening July 24th, super soon. And I do a couple different enrollment periods. So I do an early enrollment period, which will start Wednesday, July 5th. That enrollment period is, to be honest, much, much reduced in cost. I just really want to give people the opportunity that those that know they want to do it right off the bat, then you should get a little deal for knowing you want to do it. And then uh, that period will end a week later and the regular enrollment will start, okay? So both of them I think are really truly an amazing deal for what you get and the access that you have to me and to others and just really the support is worth it in itself. And then also the macronutrient changes. And and like I said, I've created a whole different system to track your macros that doesn't involve my fitness pal or calories or percentages or grams, nothing like that. I've taken all of that out. And now I just, we just do this one particular system that I've created for all you ladies that makes it so much easier to figure out keto. So, so easy. So yeah, if you want to join us, I'd love to have you. Like I said, Wednesday, July 5th, if you want to get on that wagon of early bird pricing, if you know you want to do it, get in while there's that super huge discount. And then, um, you know, that will end in a, in a week and we'll go to, to regular rates. So make sure and let me know if you have any questions, but I think you're going to love it. If you're not already on the list to get these updates or you haven't seen the website, the website will be in my show notes. Uh, you can go to, to bit.ly slash fatburningfemale. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash fatburningfemale and find out more. Okay, enough of me just chattering away. Why don't we talk about some hormones? One thing I will say, if you are someone that was on my webinar, I did a webinar, gosh, probably two months ago now about keto for hormones and it was this similar talk. So if you were on that webinar, you're going to hear some things that were kind of repeated. However, I have found that it really, really helps to have these things repeated sometimes because it's not quite as simple as we probably know because our bodies are the last thing from simple as women. It's not as simple as we want it to be. So let's, you know, even if you've already heard this from me once, let's continue the conversation and 
hear it from me again. You'll probably get more out of it or different things out of it because I don't really go off scripts. I just kind of chat, as you probably noticed. So I'm sure I'll say some different things, which will be really helpful for everyone. Okay, I guess why don't we start by introducing the hormones that we really are most concerned with as women. Um, They're kind of the major players, I think, for females. Let's go over those and, and what each one is. First of all, we have cortisol. So cortisol is that stress hormone. It's released by your adrenal glands when basically your body comes into a point of stress. So we've probably heard this analogy before, but I think it's a really good one. We were built as humans to be able to hunt and gather, and the cortisol response would happen in those ages when, say, a tiger came. And we needed, obviously, to run and hide from the tiger in order to save our lives. That would be a cortisol response because all of a sudden, you know, say you you were out hunting and gathering, hadn't slept for a few days because you're trying to find food, walking, walking, walking miles, and you're feeling a little sluggish. And then all of a sudden, this tiger comes, you see it in the distance, and all of a sudden, you have all the energy in the world to go run a mile and get away from that tiger. Whereas a few minutes before you were feeling pretty slow, pretty sluggish. Same thing kind of for women specifically, if you are someone that has a child, you have almost no energy and then all of a sudden something happens to your child, you hear the crying, you hear the crash, something, and all of a sudden you are as alert as possible running to go make sure your child's okay. So those are cortisol responses. It's a very stressful environment, but your body is giving you that energy surge to get you through that stress response. We have these cortisol responses all all the time throughout our day, right? However, they're becoming more and more frequent as we kind of get into real life and real world. And now we all have pretty stressful jobs and we sit in traffic all day and We have kids that have to go to practices and uh, have to make dinner and all this stuff. So we have these really, have just a lot of stressful environments going on throughout our day that we call upon cortisol quite a bit. And even stressors that we don't think of as stress, I think we commonly think of, you know, when I ask my clients, are you under stress? They think, well, my job's fine. I'm not really, I'm fine. My family life is good. My relationship with my husband's great. So those are the things we think of with stress, but it can be something internally that you don't even know is going on. It could be something going on in your gut. It could be chronic inflammation. Maybe you have some sort of joint issues that you don't know about or aren't addressing muscular tissue issues. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff that could be going on. So those are stressors, environmental stressors, toxins in your skin products or cleaning products, something in your environment. For me, like I said in episode one, it was mold. That's a huge stressor. These things that we don't normally think about as stress are stressful. Okay, so that's the first one, cortisol. We release it a lot until we get to a point where our bodies kind of stop releasing it. We, we essentially fatigue our adrenals. That's why it's called adrenal fatigue. We get to a point where our adrenals can no longer keep up with the demands that we're placing on it through these constant stressors. And suddenly our cortisol kind of either tanks or it overfires. So you start with it overfiring and having this constant cortisol response, boom, 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 which quite honestly, a lot of people when they're in that stage where you have this intense adrenal reaction for an extended period of time, they feel pretty good. They're like, yeah, I was great. I had all this energy. I was go, go, go. But that's not the normal circumstance that we want. That's kind of right before that tank happens. And then you don't have the cortisol anymore to regulate your stress reaction. And so you feel sluggish and slow. You can't handle stress. You start gaining weight. Everything just slows down. And that's where I see a lot of women right now with this underactive cortisol response because you've just totally tanked your adrenals through constant stress. And especially if you're someone that has been through pregnancy, childbirth, I mean, those are 
great things for your body, but also stressful situations on your body. And then you go right into not sleeping um, and having to raise a, an infant and all those things. And that really, really takes a toll on the female body as far as cortisol goes. So that's number one. We're going to talk about cortisol quite a bit today. Number two, your thyroid hormones. So we have TSH, which is basically that signaler from our brain signaling our thyroid gland, which is right there in the front of our neck, to produce and release hormones. TSH is the signaler. T4 is the inactive thyroid hormone. And then T3 is the active thyroid hormone. So we have T4 kind of hanging out, and then it's ready to be converted to T3 when we need T3, which is that active hormone, that hormone that makes us feel really good and gives us our metabolism, uh, gives us the energy to go out and about and do things. Of course, as you can see, T3 sounds a whole lot similar to cortisol, and they're very, very connected. I like to think of thyroid as the engine. So that's kind of determining how fast your body is going. And cortisol is kind of the gas pedal. So you're only going to push your your engine as far as it's willing to go. So if your engine's running really slow, we don't have a whole lot of gas pedal to push, right? So that's why they're very connected. A lot of women I see that have um, hypothyroid, it's also because they have hypoadrenia. So very sluggish adrenals causing very sluggish thyroid. So that's another thing that we really need to consider when we are talking keto and nutrition and those kinds of things. So those are your thyroid hormones. I know I didn't go into great detail, but I think that's a very top level view that most of you kind of get. And that's really all we need to understand how our uh, diet is going to affect that. Okay, so that's another set of hormones. We also have our sex hormones. So progesterone and estrogen are two of the big ones that we most hear about in females because the most important thing is the ratio between estrogen and progesterone. So we all know estrogen is kind of our quote-unquote female hormone. We have a lot of it. We have much more of it than men do, and that's what gives us our curves and our female characteristics and those kind of things. And then we have progesterone, which the, the main thing with progesterone is that it very much needs to be in this tight, delicate balance with estrogen. So those two work very simultaneously together. Progesterone comes about in the latter half of our cycle as women. So in that luteal phase, progesterone is kind of the one that um, helps us carry a child, so starts that process of being able to hold an egg as it is fertilized and becomes this corpus luteum that we need progesterone to hold it there and to really make it a baby. So we need that progesterone, but for those who aren't pregnant or trying to get pregnant, we really just need estrogen and progesterone to be in this little dance together. And a lot of times, I mean, I honestly, I've done a lot of hormone panels on a lot of women and yet to see anyone in that perfect balance, right? So, I mean, of course, people that are feeling perfectly about their hormones aren't coming to me asking for hormone tests. But when you have something that feels a little off in your body or a little off in your cycle, it's because of those hormones, that little tiny dance that estrogen and progesterone do, they're not quite dancing together anymore. They're kind of off in their own, like, boogieing to themselves, we want them to be a couple dancing like this samba or something. I don't know. I used to watch Dancing with the Stars. So that's the only reason I know what a samba is. Okay, so we have those. And then we also have testosterone, DHEA. Those are more our androgen or quote unquote male hormones. So obviously testosterone we've all heard of. We have some in our bodies even though the men in our lives have much more. But we do have some in our bodies that does also need to be pretty tightly regulated, which normally our bodies will do. However, in some women, that testosterone can kind of go awry and uh, then gets you feeling not so great, gets you maybe some unwanted hair in specific places and maybe losing your head hair, having a deeper voice, those kind of things. We start getting some more male characteristics. We want to control that 
right? We want to keep that as regulated as we can. And our bodies will do that naturally if they're healthy. So that's really the the thing. And same goes for estrogen and progesterone, right? So those other sex hormones we're talking about and that awesome little dance that they need to do, your body's going to do it when it's healthy. Absolutely. Our bodies want to be in that homeostasis. They want to have that balance and they're constantly seeking that. That's one really important thing that I see with a lot of women who are in this um, this kind of battle with their hormones is just remember that your body wants it just as badly as you do. If your cycle's not regular, if you have PCOS or you have amenorrhea and you're not cycling regularly, maybe you're having this issue with fertility and trying to get pregnant, then that's something that your body wants just as badly as you. Just remember that. So really getting to a point where you are nourishing and treating your body as as well as you possibly can, that's the core of how it's going to work and what you're going to be able to do to um, fix those hormonal issues. And that's where keto comes in, which we're going to talk about real, real soon. Let's just make sure we've gone over all the, oh, DHEA. We didn't go over that yet. So DHEA, again, it's kind of an androgen type hormone. Uh, that we all have. And DHEA is kind of at the top level. So if we think of it as, maybe let's think about it as one of those um, like fountains, champagne fountains that you see at weddings. Has anyone ever seen that? I actually haven't ever in person, but I've seen it in videos. And you start pouring the champagne at the top and then it slowly trickles down to the other champagne glasses below. Maybe I'm making this up, but I think it's a real thing. DHEA is that champagne and it really starts at the top and it trickles down the necessary components and nutrients to make your estrogen, your testosterone and your progesterone. And in a normal, healthy individual, female, that DHEA is trickling down all evenly and nice and slowly and in the perfect quantities just when we need it in our cycle and everything's awesome. However, if we have a lowered level of DHEA, so then, you know, we're basically getting to the end of that champagne bottle. It is funny that I'm talking about champagne on a keto podcast, but maybe we'll talk about that someday because I have gotten champagne back into my keto lifestyle. Maybe you can too, but that's for another day. That champagne bottle is nearing the end, so we're now we're kind of dripping. And if you have lowered DHEA, then you're kind of dripping, which means those Estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone were also kind of dripping. You know, we're not getting the right amount as we need because there's just there's just not enough resource. It's just gone, right? Lower DHEA happens as a response to a stressor. So when we have, remember cortisol, we just talked about that. When we have cortisol that we need to constantly uh, have at ready because we're in this constant stressful environment, that's at the expense of DHEA. So you get one or the other. <laughs> you get cortisol, you get DHEA. And in a normal reaction, we have sometimes when we need cortisol, but most of the time we're able to produce that DHEA in a really nice ratio because we don't need cortisol all the time. We're not stressed out all the time. However, in today's current environment for most women, Cortisol is needed too much of the time, so DHEA plummets. Um, At first, it can also be to the point where DHEA is high. So that means that we have multiple bottles of champagne being poured on that fountain all at the same time and that everything just goes awry. It just basically becomes this huge mess. And, um, you know, certain amounts go over on this end with not enough going over on this end. When DHEA is high, it's basically that initial like really stressful response. So if there's something that's really causing you some stress, your body basically just kind of does it all. Your body just basically is producing hormones all over the place in various quantities that aren't really what we want those quantities to be. And we just have a little bit of madness going on here. <laughs> so consider that as well. There's a couple different ways you can go there. Um, and then, you know, that excess DHEA gets trickled down into having excess testosterone, excess estrogen, excess progesterone, which doesn't really happen all that often, but is an option too. 
So we have all of these ways that these hormones can really get out of whack, which we'll talk about how we can just kind of take it from a high level view, not worry too much about exactly what's going on. Although I am definitely a huge, huge proponent of finding out your hormonal balance. Even if you are somewhat regular, you know, if you have regular cycles and periods and you don't have terrible PMS and they're not super heavy or super light, they come at the same time every month. If that's all going for you, you might be okay. But if you have any sort of stressful environment, but you want to keep it that way. And if you are currently in the state of kind of overproducing your cortisol or maybe about to have some adrenal fatigue where it's you're really sluggish, if you're kind of on that brink, we want to fix it before it starts going trickling down into the rest of your hormones and and you do have issues with your cycle. If you don't have a regular cycle or have really bad PMS or anything going on female-wise that doesn't really feel right, you definitely need to find out your hormonal balance and you need to do it with either saliva or urine. So there's a couple different functional tests out there. I run them both, um, but there's a couple different functional tests out there that can really show you how you're doing hormonally, which gives you a little bit better perspective on what you can do specifically for your body to help you heal all these little hormones we just talked about. Super important, but at the same time, diet-wise, there's really one big thing that we can do, which is keto, and I'll explain why in just a second. Okay, one last hormone that we have to discuss, which really isn't necessarily different for us than men, but when it comes to how we're going to heal all these other hormones, it does play a role, and that is insulin. So insulin is kind of, we can think of it as our quote-unquote fat storage hormone, although it's not doing that on purpose. (laughs) It's doing that based on the response that we're causing it to give in our bodies. So insulin is a hormone produced by your pancreas in response to carbohydrates. So basically, when you eat a meal or a food that causes a glucose response, your body then signals the release of insulin. Basically, insulin takes those little glucose molecules through your bloodstream, opens up the door of your cells to get that glucose into your cell. So it's kind of like that transporter and the the messenger and that key that unlocks the cell to get glucose into the cell. So it's important because um, that's a really normal, healthy response that we have the capability to do. That's why we're built with that response. But it's just happening a lot. It's happening more frequently than we want our bodies to be doing when we have carbohydrates in our meals. So in the typical standard American diet, that's happening way too much. Now, most of us are at least attempting ketogenic or interested about ketogenic. Maybe you're already doing paleo or more of a real food-based diet, kind of primal type thing if you include dairy. So we already have gotten that response to be a lot less, but now we can really potentially get into full-blown ketosis and get those benefits even more so and really get that insulin on a nice, healthy, normal response that really doesn't happen all that often. And then we just have this really nice, normal baseline insulin level that our body just kind of maintains, always at the ready, but no insulin spiking or resistance, um, anything like that. Okay, I think we covered all those crazy hormones we have. Let's talk about, we're going to back it up. We're going to talk about cortisol again and how that's basically the first step to healing your hormonal imbalances and how keto can do that. Remember, cortisol is released every time there is a stressful environment. Now, one of the biggest stressors on our bodies that we don't feel, remember I said there's a lot of stressors in our lives, we don't really feel, we don't really consider stress. One of them is a glucose response. So anytime we're having a meal or a food that is high in carbohydrates, our glucose shoots up, right? So basically we're eating sugar in the form of carbohydrates. So now we have all this glucose in our blood ready to go. That requires insulin, like I just mentioned. We then have this insulin shuttling the glucose to our cells. And what happens after that is your glucose plummets. 
so you have this kind of low blood sugar response after that because what goes up is in your glucose, your blood sugar must come down. And it comes down with with some force. I mean, the higher you spike your glucose, the quicker it's going to fall and the lower it's going to go. And we have this uh, low blood sugar issue. And in order for low blood sugar to come back to normal, come back to baseline glucose level that we really, really want, you have to call upon your adrenals. It becomes this adrenal reaction. It's a cortisol response. It's kind of seen as a stressor because if you have low blood sugar, if something doesn't happen, you're going to die. It's just going to keep plummeting. And that's not a really terrible scenario for your body. So we have to call on the adrenals to fire cortisol, which gets that glucose level back up, which is a, a kind of in response to this to the stress of that. And then that signals the liver to produce some glucose so that we can get our blood sugar back up to baseline. Okay. And that happens every time you have glucose in your system. And specifically, if you have this high carbohydrate meal or whatever your own personal response is to these carbs that you're eating. So our blood sugar is really, really seen as a big stress to those adrenals. And that's what we really want to heal. So that's the really the first step in going keto because as we know, and if there's, you're someone that hasn't tried keto yet, maybe you haven't felt that yet, but when you are in a ketogenic state, your body is just chugging along at this perfect, awesome glucose level. You know, you have these kind of mini spikes and mini dips. And I, it's what I like to call the baby roller coaster. When you are eating a standard American diet or even maybe a quote unquote healthy diet where you're having yogurt and fruit in the morning and then a sandwich with whole wheat bread at lunch, those kind of things, still carbohydrates, still what some people would consider quote unquote healthy carbohydrates, you're still having that blood sugar response. You're still having that blood sugar dip consequently, which then means you're having this adrenal reaction and you're calling on cortisol. That's a stressor. But when we switch to keto, we're having bacon and eggs and healthy meats and butter, um, coconut oil, olive oil on our salads. We're having all these amazing foods, but none of those foods are really causing a whole lot of reaction in our glucose level. We have these mini spikes and dips, just kind of this nice little baby roller coaster wave going throughout the day, but nothing that's going to cause any sort of stress, nothing that's going to cause your adrenals to fire up and and call upon cortisol, right? So we're just kind of chugging along in this little mini, mini baby roller coaster every time we eat, and it feels really good. And that's when we can really work on giving our adrenals a rest, right? So we have so many other stressors in our lives. Why, when we have the ability to not have our meals be a stressor, why would we do that? Why would we do anything different but then to eat those meals that are not stressful on our body and those meals are ketogenic meals, okay? So that's the first thing I want to talk about. Hopefully that was somewhat clear. Let's move on to... Okay, so so now we're taking what we just learned, which is that when we have a high blood sugar response, it's followed by a low blood sugar response, which requires cortisol to bring that blood glucose level back to normal range. So now we need to transition a little bit, and now we're going to talk about those sex hormones and how those can then subsequently get out of whack. Anytime we have that cortisol response, which we would do so when we've had a a carbohydrate intense meal, anytime you have cortisol, like I mentioned, you basically have the option of taking those necessary resources that our body needs to make hormones, all of those awesome nutrients and cholesterol, all those resources, you have the option. You can make cortisol or you can make DHEA. You can use those resources to do either. You can't really do both unless you're kind of in this like low cortisol need, then yeah, you're going to start making DHEA. But when we have a high need of cortisol, which is in most of us, but just the life that we're living, 
especially when you're starting the, when you're having meals with carbohydrates and you need to kind of really use cortisol to regulate your blood sugar, then that's just that much more time spent requiring cortisol instead of DHEA. And then we just talked about how DHEA is kind of that champagne bottle that's slowly pouring in the resources into those other hormones. So then that's when we can make testosterone and estrogen. You can see how when we have stress in our lives, stress on our bodies, you're going to produce cortisol at the expense of DHEA, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. Okay, so that's when things really start getting out of balance. Now, like I said, there's so many stressors in our lives and we can talk much more because you can be ketogenic, you can be totally getting that blood sugar under control and not seeing changes in your hormones or seeing negative changes in your hormones and it's because you're not addressing the other stressors in your lives. So keto isn't going to fix all the other stressors, you know, if you have a bad, terrible boss situation, keto's not going to fix that. That's something that you still need to address. But we can at least start minimizing diet stressors, which is minimizing that glucose response to carbohydrate-heavy meals. Okay, so now that we know how their two are connected, you can see how a glucose response then translates into having kind of imbalanced sex hormones. We know that that stressor of having this roller coaster effect with our blood sugar now can translate into having an imbalance in our estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. And there's a whole nother piece to this too, which is the state of PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I think we're going to be talking about PCOS quite a bit in upcoming episodes on this podcast because I know there's a lot of women out there dealing with it and trying to heal it and hopefully using diet to do so because keto, in my opinion, is essential to heal your PCOS. But what happens in this case is a little different, which is if we go back to that roller coaster of our blood sugar, every time we're in that high point, so we just had a carbohydrate-heavy meal and the blood sugar increased beyond normal, that also requires our pancreas to secrete insulin, like I mentioned. So in- insulin is the only way that we can actually utilize the glucose we just created in our bodies. With high insulin comes high testosterone. They are very much interrelated. Testosterone is kind of the byproduct of having too much insulin too often in your bodies for women. Okay, so this is just a response that happens in women. This is kind of the cause of PCOS. And this is why people who have PCOS, which would be diagnosed with a high androgen level, which is that testosterone, a lot of times DHEA is also high, uh, lots of symptom checking. So some of the symptoms, like I mentioned earlier, would be weight gain, losing hair, having increased facial hair. If you start noticing that and are tested and see that you have high testosterone, then we would probably conclude that was PCOS, even without having any actual ultrasound to see if you have cysts on your ovaries. It's not necessary. It's just kind of it's something that was first developed, but now we're finding that you don't actually need to have cysts on your ovaries to be diagnosed with PCOS. So you can see if, if insulin is causing that increased testosterone because they're, they're basically one causes the other, so high insulin will, will cause this high testosterone level, then it makes sense, right, that we want to keep the insulin as low as possible, which means we need to be on the baby roller coaster all the time. That's what's going to decrease the insulin and then subsequently decrease your testosterone, Okay, so now we can see that we need to regulate our blood sugar, right? That's really where we can get some balanced hormones. We need to regulate our blood sugar, which will decrease the cortisol response, which will then allow our bodies to start making our hormones in the right amount instead of always needing cortisol. 
here's how we do it. So obviously it makes so much sense, right? We take out the foods that cause ourselves to have a blood sugar spike. And like I mentioned, some of us might be able to tolerate half a cup of rice without having that blood sugar response. And some of us won't. You have to find what that does for you. Obviously, the bare bones kind of always go-to thing is going to be a ketogenic diet. We need those high, high fat foods. They don't cause a blood sugar response. Proteins, they cause a little bit of a blood sugar response, but normally not a huge amount unless it's a really a high protein zero fat kind of food, like a chicken breast may cause enough of a blood sugar response to um, get your body out of whack. Keep that in mind. And that's something that you'll need to figure out for yourselves as well. Although who would eat chicken breast when you could eat chicken thighs? So much better. So much better. And then, you know, so that keto diet is our baseline because we know that these high fat foods that we're eating are not causing this blood sugar response. It makes complete sense and is a no-brainer. And then we can work in some carbs here and there if it's something that, like I said, you intuitively feel, which we will talk more about in upcoming episodes, feeling that intuitive piece of that to where, okay, I could use some carbs. I know it's not going to spike my blood sugar. I know I'm still going to be in this nice balanced state, but I'm going to have a little bit of carbohydrate today. That is the first step. Here's another big one. Huge, huge, huge one. You need to eat enough food. So if you're not eating enough food, even if you are in ketosis, even if you're trying a ketogenic diet, if you're restricting your calories, your body's still going to stress out. And we just saw that when you stress yourself out, then you produce cortisol instead of producing hormones. I've yet to see anyone not eat enough food for their bodies and not nourish themselves and be able to get a normal hormonal system. It doesn't work. You've got to be able to eat enough food. And that's the beauty about ketosis and the ketogenic diet is that just eating the amount of fats that we're going to be eating really helps you with that because they're very nutrient and calorically dense, although I don't like talking about calories, but it's true. So it makes it much easier to get enough food without completely making you feel um, just like bloated and full. You might feel satisfied because fat is very satiating, but you won't feel like, oh my God, I just ate a plate of pasta (laughs) kind of thing, which for me, it's been years since I've done that. And I can still remember how terrible you feel after eating a plate of pasta. Am I right? It's the worst, but we're not going to feel that way. And I haven't felt that way in years, but especially not now that I am ketogenic. It's so easy to eat enough food and not feel overly stuffed. And I do that by putting a lot of fat in my drinks, um, chopping every single thing I eat with a scoop of fat, whether it be mayo, ghee, um, dressing, just topping everything I have with fat. It really makes it super easy. But we have to eat enough food. Have to, have to. If you want to heal those hormones, you got to do it. You also need to get to the point where you're producing ketones. So this is where we go from eating a low-carb diet or just saying we're eating keto and not actually testing and knowing. You have to test and know because those little ketones are what's going to let your body know that it is safe, that it is in homeostasis, We can start healing those adrenals and that cortisol response. We can let your body know that it can carry a baby just fine. All of those things. We need that in order to have a really nice balanced hormonal response. Producing ketones will definitely, definitely get you healed much quicker. So in order to produce ketones, you need to eat so much fat. More fat than I can probably explain, which is one of the reasons why I created the Fabrining Female Project, because every single woman going through that is like, yeah, I thought I was eating keto, but I wasn't eating enough fat. Every single one. So now we need to eat that amount of fat. We need to keep our carbohydrates low so that we're not having that roller coaster effect because that roller coaster will undoubtedly keep you out of ketosis. We need to minimize the other cortisol responses in our bodies by looking at the other stressors in our lives and eliminating, 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 and eat enough food. 
you got to eat enough food or you will not get into ketosis or at least into the state of ketosis that you want to be in to heal. Okay? Okay. So now we can see how much stress overall plays a role in our hormones. And there's one thing we can do to really calm a lot of the stress in our lives and in our bodies, and that's with this keto diet, right? I feel like we've gotten that point across pretty darn well. But like I've mentioned, that approach to keto is still really important too because, and this is why I think there are people out there, women specifically, that say keto isn't good for women because they um, saw spotting in the middle of their cycle when they switched to keto or they stopped getting their period or they started getting bad PMS. There's a lot of those kind of, that kind of chatter out there. But that's where the approach of kind of slowly changing into a ketogenic diet is really, really important. Going from what you're currently eating today to keto tomorrow, where all of a sudden your body has no glucose, when that's what it is used to having for fuel, is going to freak out that body a little bit. And we want to stay as far away from freakouts as possible now that we can see how that cortisol response is causing damage to our hormones. So if we can alter slowly, then you're not going to have near the cortisol response as your body would when making that switch quicker. Alter slowly, get yourself into ketosis um, nice and easily and take some time and let your body make that switch gradually and, and give it the time to adjust slowly. So alter those macronutrients, um, which is what we do in the project. So if you want help doing that, join me in July. I'd be happy to help you. So you got to do that. You got to make sure you're eating so much food. Eat enough food. Eat tons of fat. Fat will not make you fat. Don't worry about that. We need to focus on healing our bodies. And when you heal your bodies, you're not going to have to worry about what weight you are because you're going to be healed and healthy and your body is going to sit comfortably at the weight that it feels good at without you giving it another thought. Does that not sound so awesome and freeing? We don't have to worry about it. It's going to do it itself as soon as you're healed. Okay, so let's focus on the healing, which means enough food and enough fat. Make sure you test so that you're in ketosis. Don't just guess and then stay in low-carb purgatory because now we can see that low-carb purgatory is definitely causing that cortisol to spike up all day long because your body doesn't know where to get its fuel source. So you are in chronic cortisol response when you are in low-carb purgatory, and that's going to equate to period issues. You're going to miss a cycle. You're going to start having longer cycles. You're going to have bad PMS. Your body's going to freak out, okay? So let's definitely not do that. And yeah, just enjoy being in ketosis and just feeling awesome on it. The only other thing I'll say, which I know I've said even just in the past two episodes, is let's make this not a diet. Let's make this a lifestyle. Let's make this something that you're going to do for the long term. You're going to eat enough food to totally nourish your body for a long, long time. You're going to eat plenty of fats. You're going to be in ketosis, producing those ketones, which is what's going to heal your body. And you're going to really, really work on your stress. Okay, so I know I didn't touch much on the thyroid hormones in that little chat, but they play a similar role because like I said... The thyroid and adrenals are very much connected. So as soon as you have this adrenal burnout, you're also going to have lower thyroid function. But if you can keep those adrenals humming along nice and easily, there's not a whole lot of stress to cause this cortisol response. So your adrenals can heal and stay healed and feel awesome and be ready for you when you do have a stress reaction, then your thyroid's going to hum along and and do the same thing. Keto is also awesome for the thyroid because of that whole system that's getting into place, okay? Now, there are some people that say that their T3, which is their active form of thyroid hormone, did take a little bit of a decrease um, when they switched to a ketogenic diet. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's often just because your body is working so much more efficiently in ketosis that it doesn't need to have that gas pedal 
always press down. You know, it can take a little bit of a break and maybe ease up a little bit because of the efficiency. So it's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that you need to be put on thyroid medication necessarily. Oftentimes it regulates itself after a few months. So I would just, you know, if that's something you're concerned with, have it tested, monitor it every few months, see how it does before you make any rash decisions that either keto is causing it or that you need medication. Okay, so just monitor it with your doctor or your practitioner. That's something that I do in my practice as well. And we can just see how it does on a keto diet for a few months and not just right away. With the thyroid conversation also comes autoimmune thyroid because many, many cases of low or high thyroid hormone is because of thyroid disease. So autoimmune thyroid disease being Hashimoto's thyroiditis or Graves' disease. I guess really the thing to say about that is when you have autoimmune disease, and we're going to have probably several episodes specifically about autoimmune disease because it's a topic that's really close to my heart since it's something I've struggled with. But when you have autoimmune disease, instead of looking at healing the gland or the organ involved, in this case, the thyroid, you need to work at healing your immune system because it's not the thyroid's fault. It's your immune system thinking the thyroid is an invader and attacking it, okay? So we have this overactive immune system. Regulating the immune system is really what needs to happen. And here's the beauty of it. Ketones are amazing immune system regulators. Ketones really work to heal your immune system, which is why a lot of people in ketosis say they suddenly stopped getting sick all the time because your immune system is regulated, okay? So again, the ketones for a period of time going through that bloodstream will help you heal your immune system, which will then quite often you will see in lowered antibodies. So if you're someone that tests your thyroid antibodies quite often, Um, then you will see that lowering of, of your antibodies, which really means your autoimmune disease is getting into remission, which is the coolest thing, okay? So there's a lot of thyroid help that we can have through producing ketones and getting on that ketogenic diet, reducing our stress, which remember, we're going to be reducing that by being in ketosis and being on that baby roller coaster instead of the normal magnum roller coaster that we would be on if we were eating carbs at every meal. And we are also going to be reducing the stress on our bodies simply by eating enough food, not treating it as a diet, getting into this keto lifestyle where you can start being intuitive, eating all this awesome fat, not worrying about the calories and the macros and the grams and all that stuff, but just really being intuitive with it, knowing what your body needs to stay in ketosis, and just being there. Okay, so there's a lot of stuff that we can do just by changing our diet and our diet mentality, so the food on our plate and how we're thinking about that food on our plate that will cause all of our hormones to just love us and be really, really happy and really, really balanced, which translates to honestly so much. You know, having balanced hormones means that you have energy, you sleep well, you are at your normal healthy weight, whatever your body says that that is. So a lot of people deal with, you know, weight gain or weight loss resistance. And the first thing I say is, okay, we need to look at your hormones because I can't tell you why that is the case until I see what your hormones are doing. And as soon as those hormones are balanced, we start shedding the weight. Um, a normal libido, a regulated appetite, being able to work out and have the energy to work out and having um, results from your workouts. So just, I could keep going. I mean, the list that Balanced Hormones provides you is phenomenal, but we really, really need to start from this root issue and build out instead of just focusing on, oh, I need to increase my progesterone. Let's start from the root cause and build out. Okay? That was a really long talk. I'm glad you stuck with me. I hope it helps. I just love talking about hormones because I think it makes us these awesome 
females, right? It makes us different and cooler than our male friends. And it just takes a little bit more tweaking to get it right for us so that we feel really good, okay? So that's why I wanted to chat about this right away in episode three. But we have some awesome episodes coming up and I'm super excited. Keep on the lookout for topics we will be discussing because I may be asking for questions that you have regarding those specific topics as we go about uh, in future episodes. So the best way, the way that I communicate that is through Instagram. Follow me at Sean Minor Health. I will be posting future episode question requests. And then you can ask me right over there. It's so easy. But if you do, again, like I mentioned, if you do want to hear something that we're not currently discussing, you have a specific topic, send me an email, info at ketoforwomenshow.com. And I'm happy to get that on the books. By the way, if you are someone that has already emailed me um, your ideas, I've read every single one. I love them all. I have them all in a little folder in my email inbox. If I don't respond, it's not because I don't think it's a good idea or that I don't want to do it. It just means it's already been put into that mailbox for future consideration and will probably be happening. But if I spend my whole day responding to you guys, then I don't have time to record a podcast. So (laughs) I have to just kind of put it in there and know what's going to happen. But I'm sorry if I can't respond to you. I do think they're all amazing. They will all happen. So just know that. And I love all of you guys. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you all next week. Hey lady, do you want to make sure that you are doing the ketogenic diet the right way for you? Do you want to make sure you're getting all of those amazing benefits that come with producing ketones and not putting any extra stress on your body? Then head to my website and check out the Fat Burning Female Project. We have a new class starting soon and I'd love to have you be a part of it head to bit.ly slash fatburningfemale. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash fatburningfemale. And make sure to sign up to get a notification of when the next class will be. Can't wait to see you there.